Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it, it all down. down. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. Today we are speaking with Brittany, who is a mother and she's a cannabis therapy student with knowledge on pharmaceuticals and how they can work together along with breastfeeding, pregnancy, and using cannabis. We're super excited to learn from her today and just pick your brain with all of the passion and knowledge that you carry. So please welcome Brittany to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Brittany. Thanks so much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so honored. Thank you so much for sharing your energy with us and the stories that you're about to share with us. We're super excited. Before we begin, though, will you please share with us where your first encounter with cannabis was and how that experience went for you? Yeah. um, My very first encounter. Okay, so I was probably way too young. Um, 14, maybe. That's normal. I feel like everyone we ask is like like now, And especially as a mom, my oldest is nine now. And I'm like... You're a few years away. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm like thinking about my kids smoking weed in five years. I'm like, wait, oh my gosh. But also... Um, ditching school and in the back of some shady kids, probably like yeah. Bronco or yeah. just hanging out with a bunch of weird folk. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was always a fantastic experience. I had a lot of trauma and difficult experiences when I was a kid. Okay. And so really when I found my way to cannabis, it was already really therapeutic for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with anxiety Um, anorexia, bulimia, Mm -hmm. and cannabis really was the first thing that could get me out of my head. Okay. Make me feel hungry. Yeah. um, And so that I could eat to keep myself going, Mm -hmm. despite, you know, the demons in your head. Right. Um, And so that was kind of it. That's, um, I started becoming a pretty regular user pretty young because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But And that's a whole other story. I fell away from it and went through all kinds of shenanigans um, and only found my way really back to cannabis within the last two years. Okay. So whenever you were younger and consumed, was it kind of like an instant thing for you? Like, were you like, even though you were young, like 14, 13, were you like, I can see myself like keep going with this because it, it is helping me as a child with trauma? Or was it something that you were just like, oh, that was one and done, I got really high, you know, like, what was that? No, I mean, I think I definitely started to associate it and use it medicinally without necessarily realizing it, you know? Right. Um, You know, you're feeling anxious, and I was feeling weak, and so Mm -hmm. I knew that, like, pot was always a good Mm go-to where I could let go of that anxiety, increase my appetite, Mm -hmm. and kind of actually feel my body yeah so I don't think at that time I saw it as medicinal use yeah mm-hmm. I feel like some people I ask that because that some people have said like at that age like it was just instant for them and it wasn't yeah. like um you know 
a gateway drug they ran with, yeah. they were literally like, no, I, I knew instantly like this was going to be a part of my life for yeah. forever, really you know, pulled back since, which is so like crazy you know. to say that from like such a young age to be able to feel that or be so intuitive to yeah, like definitely. know that, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and it's really interesting because I grew up in a very, very conservative, um, pretty decently well off, at least in high school, um, family. And when my parents found my pipe okay. and my weed, you would think that they had caught heroin on right? me. Oh, um, wow. My mom lost her ever-loving mind, and they completely isolated me. And that isolation and actually restriction from cannabis is actually what spiraled me into harder drug use. Yeah. And so it's mm. interesting, I think, too, when people say, you know, it's a gateway drug. I think it depends on how you look at it. Um, my getting in trouble with cannabis was the gateway to using harder and stronger substances. Yeah. Right. So if the, if your parents were more understand or can had navigated some in a different way, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I mean, this was, uh, I mean, this dates me back. Like this was almost twenty years ago, you yeah. know. And so, it's it's just a very different outlook. Yeah. yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. I think now as a parent, and especially because of my own use with cannabis and the medical community and all of that, right. you know, if my kid and, and my kid and I have talked about it, she actually has a rare metabolic disorder and she would qualify, two of my kids would qualify for um, like underage or what is it? Minor. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah minor uh, mm -hmm. cards. Caretaker. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of their genetic condition. Okay. Um, so it's like on the list of like rare uh, like instances when children can be approved okay. yeah. um and yeah. so like honestly you know if I if my daughter did come to me at any point like I would much much rather give her a gummy with some THC and CBD versus popping an oxycodone you know right right um and especially with her genetic condition that puts yeah. stress on other organs and yes. that meds in general you yeah. know they're really hard on organs so. yeah yeah, I definitely. Think. We'll we'll dive into more of yes, that too later. Yes, I was like, later. oh, it's gonna be. Oh yes, right. I'm excited <laughs> to hear it. So, do you, how do you feel like your relationship has changed with the plant since like you kind of first came upon it? Um, well, and I think it's hard to say because, like, really, I feel like my passion now is very similar to what I felt when I was young. Yeah, but it's definitely not the relationship that I had with in this period where I took a large break from cannabis. Okay. And so coming back from that large break, mm -hmm. I was honestly really against cannabis use. Yeah. Um, okay. I had been a nurse for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, I was on a lot of pharmaceutical medications. Mm -hmm. I have lupus and fibromyalgia and POTS, which is a whole other thing. But, mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I was such a proponent for pharmaceutical medications. Pharmaceutical medications saved my kid's life, mm -hmm. you know? Um, she was in a clinical trial for six years. And so, like, it was a weird and hard place to be where I was running out of pharmaceutical options that kept me a functioning parent. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually very thankful for a friend of mine who lives in New Mexico, and she is actually who got me back into using cannabis. Cool. Um, Shout out to that friend. Yeah, help. I'm going to have to share this with her. She's yeah. the coolest human ever, but um, she works with a big company in New Mexico, um, and we were really good friends, and I'm sharing all these struggles that I'm going through with her, and she's like, 
girl, you need to get on some weed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just takes someone yeah. like that who's close to you to like tell you what's Break up, to in. flip a switch. Yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and she got me little edibles because I definitely couldn't smoke. I wasn't really living in a legal state. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely different things. And then I was able to kind of branch out from there. But I didn't honestly get back into smoking cannabis until like, I want to say October of last year, guys. Okay. It's been okay. a, yeah, yeah, like it's. You had so, a hiatus for quite a while, yeah. you know, but that's, it's not when a bad thing. It was a big thing. mental yeah. blockade, like mm-hmm. uh, coming back from that. And then, you know, um, I had such, I was in so much trouble for cannabis and that leaves like a weird yeah, scar. It does. My family, it's a little traumatic. It is. It's and my family bit... is still not supportive. Okay. Of my cannabis use. Mm, that's well, unfortunate. I mean, okay. So I, it's not that they're not supportive, but they don't condone it. Yeah. And they don't, you mean. and they're very like, it's very like a taboo subject still yes. in my family. Yeah. Um, and even though they won't like outwardly say that they like treat me differently, you know, like I invited my niece to come spend some time this summer and they're like, Oh no, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Cause she was just with my other like aunt or right. whatever. So you're judging me. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, it doesn't feel good. And you know, and I don't know if it's necessarily that, that could be a whole other. Yeah, but, but based on yeah. other communications and right. things, it just yeah. makes you think. So. Yeah, it does for sure. I would be thinking like that too. You're not crazy for it. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. what's your favorite thing about cannabis? Like the feelings, facts, smells, taste can be anything. What would you? What I just would you love, say? I don't know. I kind of love all of it. Um, I think the like practice of like setting my bong up and like ritual. you know mm-hmm. yeah like it's just very like it gets me in like a different headspace yeah. and, and then you know of course like I'm a big can of connoisseur like mm-hmm. very picky and all that shenanigans yeah. um and so like I will only really smoke really good weed and yeah. so I love the flavor and a good high and but what are you like what brands do you jam with like what are you just jamming with right now products um, or whatever well so I've kind of looped myself into this weird distributor situation um <laughs> and so now I'm working with banana seat botanicals yeah. oh yeah you are yes, I Beautiful. Am. um yeah and um with talking heads okay oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes cool. so um that's who I'm mostly working with right now but I'm kind Kind of like taking on other grows and seeing other stuff. Yeah, great people yeah. to work with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's kind of my whole vibe. Like I've just kind of found this weird passion and yeah. connecting, yeah. you know, good growers. And- so, what was uh, when did you stop nursing, and what was that transition like going from nursing to now being in the cannabis industry? Yeah, well, it's been a weird one. Um, my nursing career in general has been kind of weird um I really got into it because my parents were kind of like if you don't go to college and do something with yourself so um I kind of I found a little trade school and did like a two-year nursing degree and I'm like whatever it's two years I'll have a degree I can work wherever with and then you know whatever goes from there um but then I actually really fell in love with it Mm -hmm. Um, and I've done a lot, but I mostly ended up in pediatrics, um, emergency okay. and trauma, okay. which was kind of my love. So I worked, oh. um, at Texas Children's Hospital and I worked at a children's hospital at Sacred Heart in uh, Pensacola as we've moved around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't really until I became a parent and then my daughter experienced some health problems and then my health fell apart. 
um, which kind of then looped me into my lactation journey, which is actually what okay. I do okay. mostly. So I'm actually an inclusive infant feeding educator. So okay. um, I'm internationally board certified in lactation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, that's but cool. yeah, so that's my main gig, actually. Okay. I'm your feeding friend. Um, and so that's cool. what I do. Um, and that's where I started kind of meshing my way into the cannabis community as, as a patient and then seeing so many moms with struggles, not only with feeding, but like hormonally mm-hmm. and with postpartum depression and anxiety yeah. and all of that. Um, and when I kind of came out about came out that sounds terrible when I like started to become public about my cannabis I know what you mean you came out of this and that was only recently in, in May that yeah. I really started like being open about kind of it stepping into it more yeah yeah um and I started training under Dr. Pepper Hernandez yeah, which she Pepper. told me to say hello Aww. to y'all um but she's fantastic and so I'm um, training with the Cannabis Holistic Institute cool um and kind of using my lactation and breastfeeding and nursing knowledge with everything I'm learning about cannabis and trying to mesh them together. Yeah. So, um, and then in that, you know, when I was searching for medicine for myself, that's how I started connecting to growers and was like, Oh, you know, the passion of the plant and how important that is. Right. Um, and that's how I then kind of got looped in the whole distribution side. So it's been okay. like a very weird, yeah. long transition. Yeah. And, and so I'm kind of just right in the middle and doing both and loving it. So that's awesome. Sounds that like it was cool. a pretty organic transition though. Yeah. 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 Just kind of worked out and I'm kind of a little ADHD. Um, not kind of, I'm very ADHD. <laughs> and so the like jumping of careers and like just running with passions is when I do my best work. Yes. Um, and so I'm just, in it while I'm loving it and just growing my passion for it. And I'm just like in the space. I love so. to hear that. That's awesome. Yes. So let's start with your cannabis and pharmaceuticals knowledge. Um, that's a really tough subject because it's hard to say how cannabis use on top of pharmaceuticals can affect your body slash the side effects because I feel like there's such little research because they're, yeah. they don't want there to be research. Yeah. So how did you first run into that and how did you first really start like dissecting that? What, what was there a situation that caused that? Yeah. Like what, yeah. what, what launched you into I that? I feel like that's like the first question too with like parents or yes. like other people, like they're like, okay, well I'm taking this medication. Like, is, is it, it going to interfere? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You got to go yeah. ask someone who knows it better. Knows yeah. all the things. Yeah. You know, and there is a, it is kind of a weird space because, you know, being a schedule one and all of that, there is very little pharmaceutical research that's widely available, but it is there if you know where to find it and how to get to it and the, and the individuals who are actively doing the research. Um, and so that's where my connection with the Cannabis Holistic Institute has been amazing because I have direct access to so many incredible professionals who are literally doing the research currently. Um, So that's been great. Um, I think my first connection with the two, really, I watched, I was stoned and watching Weed the People. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So that was kind of my first, like, connection between the two um, where it was really fascinating for me. Um, Then I kind of started getting into, there was another one, The Grass is Greener. Okay. That's another one on Netflix. Super awesome. I love that you dove into the documentaries. I love me a good documentary. Yeah, that's Um, good. They just took my soul <laughs> um but I like knowledge like I just love to learn so yeah. that totally jives with my brain um and so 
I went to, with Weed the People. That's a good one if you haven't seen it. And that one's really good on the political climate okay. and like restriction of cannabis and how it became a schedule one and why. And it was, it's really interesting Yeah. Um, to get that history piece. And it's important too. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, and that's a whole other soapbox that you can get on with the whole cannabis stigma and mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um, but that's when I really kind of started to look into it. And that's how I stumbled upon Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Okay. Um, and reached out to her about becoming a student and on the thing, she was on our interview with the thing and she was like, what? Like, just, let's just do it. Like, let's just jump into it because I think that you would be great at this. Um, and so really a lot of the pharmaceutical stuff, there's a lot of studies out there. There's a really fantastic book called Endocannabinoids. Um, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but it's literally an entire book about every terpene and cannabinoid and what research is out there on different systems and how it impacts hormones and Mm. receptors in the body. And for, you know, somebody who's not educated in that, that flies right over their head, but that's where my nursing knowledge and I got a bachelor's degree in nursing and have really focused on doing a lot mm-hmm. of research. So it's helpful to have that knowledge yeah, to kind of yeah. dissect it. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now, just mostly helping good friends um, correct hormones with mm-hmm. cannabis and CBD yeah. and um, CBG. CBG is a big one that gets left out, but yeah. it's a goodie. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. And kind of just helping with that, I myself have been able to get off um, seven pharmaceutical medications in the last six wow. months. Wow. That's, I feel like yeah. that's really Good quick. Six you, months. Yeah, yeah because, that's awesome. Well, and a lot of it is like, it's so easy when you're in the pharmaceutical world to uh-huh. just start taking more meds for side effects. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm exactly. taking, you know, I would be like, I have to take an, an infusion that knocks out my um, immune system for my lupus. Mm-hmm. But with that, I get a lot of side effects, a lot of pneumonia, chronic infection. things like that um and you know I would then get really sick end up on steroids um when I try to come off the steroids my joints would get really bad and my body goes into a fit and so balance that with like tons of drugs that's like a quick you said in the last six Six months months. like how well now it's been longer than that it was a six month period that I got off of them so really like I guess it was okay. more like November through May. But in six months, in you six got months. off seven medications. Yeah, so like, how was that process well, for you? Well, a lot of it was like pain meds. Okay. okay. And yeah. then like, okay, I don't have to take the medicine that increases my GI tract movement yeah. because I'm not chronically on opiates. Okay, yeah. So then, okay, I don't need that anymore because mm-hmm. my gut's finally moving. Yeah. My gut's finally moving. Now my liver can process my toxins. Mm-hmm. So those kind of released down. Mm-hmm. I was peeing better. So, okay. you know, a lot of those things that just kind of mm-hmm. get your body systems back online. Yeah, from like getting away from the other pain medications and replacing cannabis as yeah. kind of Well, that. you know, and then I was on, I have really bad fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, um, a lot of that is treatment with antidepressants, mm-hmm. actually. Actually, 
yeah. interesting connection there. It but is. Um, the withdrawal side effects of antidepressants, if you've ever been on them, is mm-hmm. absolutely horrific. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. There's these things called brain zaps, and you literally feel like you're just being electrocuted in the brain multiple mm, times, crazy. and it's just all the time. Um, cannabis completely stopped that for me, you know? And so I was able usually to wean off of an antidepressant takes six months at a minimum, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was able to cut my dose a lot faster because I wasn't dealing with the withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, Yeah. That's really brave of you though, like to be able to like be willing to do it to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, um, you never like that? Yeah. <laughs> Sob, you got her. Got I'm you. like, oh no, yeah. I'm talking too much. But <laughs> being able to do that for, to yourself versus mm-hmm. like actually acting on it and being like, okay, we're going to do the damn thing. Like yeah. that's, it's a, I, that's very admirable mm-hmm. because I think that's a lot of people's fear is being like, I'm on all these medications. Like I could never, yeah. I can't ever see how I could just be doing that using yeah. cannabis only. But like there actually is light at the end of the tunnel and you can Absolutely. do that if you're like, if you're properly guided and you're doing and it in a safe way. And that's way. the big thing. You know, yeah. I'm really privileged to have the knowledge that I do about my body and yes. understanding my blood work values and, and things like that. And so, you know, I can do that on my own in a much quicker pace than somebody should ever do that on their own. Yeah. And so I think that guidance piece is really huge. It is um, huge. And that's where the cannabis therapy consultant training is really kind of mm-hmm. aiming at, you know, getting providers out there who are willing to help guide people through that process. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I've gotten in a lot of my pregnant and breastfeeding moms. You know, we're mm-hmm. doing CBD and CBN mm-hmm. and CBG only mm-hmm. um, because they are worried about the THC effects. Yeah. But that's, you know, some science there. Yeah. Some interesting stuff there. So what's a common misconception that people have about using cannabis alongside or in lieu of pharma? I think a lot of it's stigma from the medical community. It is, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I would agree. It is, it is. And it's it's really interesting, you know, having one foot on each side. Yeah. Um, I did um, a three-month preceptorship just last year um, to get my bachelor's degree in nursing when okay. I went back to school. Um, and so I had to do like three months of following around like a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I followed around a rheumatology nurse practitioner and they did a lot of chronic pain. And it was really interesting because anybody who was on any type of chronic pain medication, they were having to routinely come in and get like monthly drug screens. Okay. Yeah. Interesting to make sure they're not abusing it. Using, well, yeah. no, well that and to make sure they're not using cannabis. Oh, wow. Okay. Because if you're on a chronic pain protocol, Uh, you cannot use cannabis. It's against the law. Why? It's just the rules. Even if you, like, have a medical card? Certain doctors, like, certain doctors will put themselves out there that they will allow you to do both. But a lot of chronic pain doctors will not. Okay, and it depends on that doctor. On the doctor and whether they're willing to stake their license. I got you. Because you are, they are at a lot higher risk of, like, say that patient did go to another provider Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they flagged there and that provider wasn't a problem. They then could flag the other provider for, Right, you're just taking a slight risk or something. You are, and so, and, and that's really hard to find providers yeah. that'll do that. Yeah. Um, and so I even kind of was sneaking around and like asking about the other providers in the clinic. Right. None of them allowed mm. cannabis use. And this was one of the largest rheumatology wow. clinics in Oklahoma City, like huge. Oh, wow. And they have campuses all over Oklahoma. Okay. Where these doctors see people in all yeah. these small towns. So it's like, 
there's such a barrier to that because it could be helping so many people Mm -hmm. and they're not even willing to try it because they're not willing to risk their medication. Right. Right. Because if it doesn't work for them, then they can't get their pain meds. So yeah. it's just this. It's a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah, it's it horrible. Is. It's yeah. really effed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. So if someone's like wanting to transition away from using pills and get into holistic healing, how do you recommend they begin their journey? Like what is your advice? If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. CBD. Yeah. Um, That's always my first recommendation. Um, If you haven't ever heard of Future Compounds, they are a fantastic Instagram, but they make top quality CBD products, but they do a lot of research on the doses of CBD that are recommended versus what people are buying. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually studies show that um, we should be taking into like, it's like two to five milligrams per pound of body weight for CBD for a therapeutic dose. Oh, wow. Yeah. So People are never taking enough. No, you're taking like the 10 milligram gummies or even if you go to a dispenser and you're buying like a three to one, it's 30 milligrams. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's my first thing. Get on an actual therapeutic dose of CBD. Yeah, that's Um, good. Um, do a lot of research on CBG. Um, CBG is amazing. Um, and a lot of times it gets kind of left out. Um, the CBD community is very big, but you know, really whole plant in that whole cannabinoid and terpene profile is mm-hmm. really important. Um, so just making sure that you're getting good quality CBD in a high enough, um, amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't overuse it. If you do use it with cannabis, it does not decrease your high. That's mm-hmm. actually a huge myth. Um, and if you think about the science behind it and how our CBD or cannabinoid receptors work, mm-hmm. um, it actually can increase your highs, make them longer. And then it actually allows the terpenes and other cannabinoids you are getting from any flower to do even more work in the body. So honestly, anybody who's smoking, and using cannabis in any form should be on CBD every day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely, I feel like I've just been kind of discovering to add more CBD into my body, like throughout the day. And like, I feel like it's kind of a game changer whenever I'm like, oh, wow, I can feel that on my body, mm-hmm. whether it's like capsules or whatever, and a dropper I'm taking. Yeah. So I think. I you love know, me like just a that. tincture under my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and. Um, I don't know if y'all follow me on Instagram, but I last week had a really traumatic experience with one of my foster kiddos and I started having panic attacks. I've never had those before. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like the THC has been a godsend in helping me sleep and kind of getting through those. But I genuinely attribute like how well functioning I'm doing to my increase in CBD that I've been taking. I love that for you. So, you know, yeah. And it it doesn't decrease your high. I hate that that's such a thing. People are so afraid like, well, then it makes the weed a waste. No, no, it actually allows it to be medicine. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So research is something that can be super overwhelming for, you know, looking at where to start or anything cannabis related because there's so much and so little all at once. Sorry, um, I was totally hogging. No, that's okay. <laughs> I remember when I tried to have these conversations with my mom every time it was shut down because of how would cannabis react with my medication and the unknown side effects and et cetera. And it's hard to it's hard to obtain that knowledge online 
let alone know people that easily readily kind of have that knowledge as to like how they could guide you and your medical provider definitely isn't going to do that for you no definitely so where does one look slash research when they're wanting to pivot towards plant medicine like where did you you were in a position where you know you had a little bit of like medical background you had a little experience um but for somebody who doesn't have that doesn't have access to that and is looped into the big pharma cycle how do they break it and where where do they look to break it yeah. So, um, I think the first thing would be starting on CBD and seeing how that reacts with your body. Um, there is no side effect and no negative way that CBD is going to impact your body. Now I will say, even if you are implementing CBD, that is a lot more medically okay. Um, because there is no THC. Mm -hmm. So that is something that if you have a good provider that you should be sharing that knowledge with. And honestly, if you can't share that knowledge with your provider, Maybe you should look for a different provider um, because that's important. And, you know, uh, taking care of your body is a whole experience, a holistic experience. And sometimes you have to find a provider that is willing to look beyond the pharmaceuticals, which can be really hard. Um, But start on CBD and just see how your body reacts because you might notice that your frequency of your pain medication that you're having to take starts to decrease naturally. And you're not going to flag on any kind of drug test that they're doing for chronic pain medication. Mm -hmm. Um, CBD, especially if you do a tincture, is really good natural laxative, honestly. So if you're dealing with that, a tincture is is a great idea. So if you're having, you know, bowel issues Mm -hmm. from your opiates, CBD is going to help that help with your pain and overall inflammation. And honestly, that process will kind of naturally cascade itself if Mm -hmm. you're on a good dose of good drugs. That's awesome. That's well said. Thank you for sharing that. So, okay, what do you think about when you hear about big pharma getting into the cannabis space with, um, like, synthetic, like, Marinol? Like, Marinol, right? Yes. Like, that's what? So, it's, there's, there's positives and negatives, right? Because, you know, as, as a patient myself, somebody who's immunocompromised, I actually am really for regulation, um, and testing and, and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, some people will talk all kinds of crap about, you know, the laws and things like that. And yes, they are out to make this a lot harder. And there is a lot of problems with that. However, though, like true patients really, really appreciate and respect that, level of regulation information yeah Yeah. and I think too that kind of helps it feel more medicinal yes you know when you can look up oh this is high in something I can google that like that is gonna allow for a lot more self-exploration it's like arming yourself with knowledge in your tool and I love like dispensaries that'll like put on their like benefits of Mm -hmm. the flower yeah there's not very many that do it so if you're a dispensary owner you should totally do that but putting like the top three things that that would be really Mm -hmm. medicine would be good for because we, as you know, people in the industry, we come in as people who like love weed, right? And so like, and whether you're on the like living soil, outdoor grown train, you know, or the like um, hydroponic because it's cleaner than whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, wherever you're going to be on that, um, we come in with a different understanding of it and a different background. And we have that experience. Yeah. But, you know we really need to start looking at it and putting the industry at a patient first. And like if somebody were to walk in and have no idea what Mm -hmm. cannabis was or what to use it Mm -hmm. or like that they could kind of navigate that. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't remember what the question was. 
I, I was just talking about I'm Marin- like, this blunt is really good. <laughs> good, I'm glad. So Marinol is kind of what I was saying. I'm like, what oh, do you know about Marinol? So, like, do, you, do people, are they like actively still giving that out to people? Or like, is it even? I know that they, so it's mostly for pediatric use. Um, and so that's where you're going to find, um, you know, the kids who are using it for epilepsy and those kinds of things. Okay. So that is where it is really helpful to be in the pharmaceutical space because people feel a lot more comfortable giving their child something that looks like a medicine versus Mm -hmm. picking it up at a dispensary with a bunch of, you know, millennials who are just... And if it's not legal in their state, you can prescribe it. You can get it, right. And Mm -hmm. so, like, I do think that there is a huge benefit in that regard of being in the pharmaceutical space. Um, However, I do think I'm I'm a big living soil gal. Um, I'm a big organic gal. I I personally, and this might get me in trouble with Dr. Pepper, um, but I prefer indoor grown. I feel like it's a little bit, for me as an immunocompromised person, I need medicine that isn't going to get me sick. Um, And the indoor grown statistically across the board has lower levels of mold, Mm -hmm. lower levels of bacteria. Um, And so I'm kind of in that weird space where I think living soil is the best that you can do. And that's why I love my girl Lola. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, just like we do local honey, local cannabis and using locally farmed things is really great. But I personally, as a patient, um, prefer knowing that that that's a little bit cleaner because it's going directly into my lungs Mm -hmm. and that's a huge place of blood vessels and where I commonly get the sickest when Mm -hmm. I get sick is pneumonia I have a lot of scar tissue Mm -hmm. um I have pleurisy so the lining of my lungs gets inflamed when I get sick and so it literally squeezes my lungs Mm -hmm. um and so like I need medicine that's going to get in and do the job, but not going to put me at risk for more infection. Yeah, I understand. You have to do it. You know to do for yourself. And so I find like mm -hmm. a weird space where like I really do appreciate where the industry's gone in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that, you know, we are kind of losing out on a lot of the benefits of living soil and locally crafted Mm -hmm. soils and microbiomes. You know, it's a whole whole thing. We have a handful of craft growers here who we are fortunate enough to have Mm -hmm. two people who do that, you know, that we have the access to. Yeah. yeah, and that's a whole other, you know, access is a whole other thing. And any, I will get, I will get on a big horse that any medical or any ma- marijuana use, all marijuana use is medical. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, you know, we really need to just allow that to be what it is and get rid of that stigma of whatever it is. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if access to kind of junky grown, you know, stripped kind of hydroponic stuff is what you've got access to that's still going to be more medicinal than not using anything yeah. so yeah. I think that's where I to go with that, that. yeah mm-hmm. so within the medical field there's also misconceptions about cannabis and pregnancy and breastfeeding all the things you have some insight on that will you share your experiences with us um with cannabis and being a mother and kind of you know what you've dealt with other mothers and kind of what you've seen along the way Yeah, for sure. And I have a really interesting perspective on this because I did not use medical marijuana during pregnancy or breastfeeding because I wasn't in the medical cannabis world at that time. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So it's an interesting perspective because I can't tell anybody I've personally done it, Mm -hmm. but I'm also kind of, I'm not 
this is it's a weird place because I have to be careful with my license. I am an advocate for what is best holistically for my patients. Yes. Um, and I think that there is a lot of weight in plant medicine that is being missed out on. Um, and so if somebody shares with me that they are sharing and using cannabis, I will absolutely help guide them and direct them of what's the best way to use and the safest and healthiest ways to use for them and their mm-hmm. baby, whether that's in pregnancy or breastfeeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't nece- necessarily like advocate like every pregnant woman should be smoking weed. Right. You know? No, for sure. So with that being said, like, what do you say to people who, you know, are don't really know much about using cannabis while you're pregnant and or breastfeeding? Like, what are the benefits, you know, for mom and child? How is yeah. it helping that child develop slash function? Like, absolutely. Well, and so, um, Speaking of research, (laughs) according to my research, according to my research, (laughs) I like that. Um, So when we actually look at you know research in pregnancy and breastfeeding, (coughs) it's so funny that people say there's no research because I guarantee any medication that you're on, you look up the research that's been done on that medication of somebody who's pregnant or breastfeeding, and there is none because it's completely unethical to do pregnancy testing or breastfeeding. So, like. Okay, yeah, there's no research, but there's no research for what you're on either. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so every situation is a risk benefit situation. You have to look at it that way. Um, I will advocate that every vertebrate on this planet has an endocannabinoid system, um, every single one. Mm-hmm. And so, how can anything that that every human and every living vertebrate in this world have, how can activating that be a bad thing? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I do understand, you know, the THC and psychoactive, and I do talk with moms a lot about that. And, and, uh, you know, if somebody comes to me, I really, you know, I really push CBD first. Um, I really push to make sure that they're it's on a, good a place to start. Dose. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of the ones are like, well, yeah, I take like a gummy at night and it's like 10 milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of melatonin. And I'm like, okay, well that's like a whiff of nothing, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so, you know, that's, that's my first start. Like, why are we using it? And like, what are the symptoms that it's helping? Because that you have to look at if you have somebody who has like hyperemesis and they are just vomiting and vomiting and vomiting and unable to keep anything down, mm-hmm. the risk of, you know, low birth weight and miscarriage and severe it's, it's literally can be a deadly condition. I suffered with it with my first and God, I wish I had cannabis. <laughs> um, yeah. but you know, it, you have to look at that situation versus any maybe potential that isn't actually even founded to exist. This is just speculation that impacts that, you know? Right. Um, and I'll get on a whole soap, soapbox about the, the research that is done in just a minute. But, <laughs> um, you know, you have to look at, at the benefit to that. If that calms your central nervous system, decreases your cortisol, we know high cortisol levels cause more brain damage than right. anything that cannabis is going to do to your baby. Yeah. You know? Um, and if that helps you stop vomiting so that you can eat and nourish your body and your baby, like there is no situation in my mind where that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. Um, and, you know, 
on that flip side, you look at the common pharmaceutical medications that are just are prescribed for this medication. Um, one of them being Zofran, which I popped pills like every eight hours when I was sick with my daughter. And then, you know, five years later, we learned down the road that that increases the risk for heart defects. And shocking, all three of my kids that I took Zofran for have heart defects. Oh, wow. So, you know, wow. like mm-hmm. you look at that, like, yes, there is, there is always going to be a risk, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to do what you have to do in the minute. And like, do I look back and wish I could change that? Yeah. Can I? No. Right. Yeah. But can I educate going forward? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's my big thing. Any, any pregnant mom, if you are using cannabis for anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, um, swelling, there's, you know, a number of things, mm-hmm. depression, um, anxiety is a big, big one. Um, let's get you on like a therapeutic CBD dose and see if that decreases how much you're having to smoke flour. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that way, any risk that there could be, we're reducing mm-hmm. as much as possible. You're reducing how much butane you're inhaling every time you smoke. You yeah. know, you're reducing carcinogens that you're breathing in directly. Mm-hmm. And I know as a busy mom, like I love me a hefty pre-roll where I can right. just light up and go. But is that's definitely not the healthiest way to smoke cannabis, yeah. you know. And so um, I think really if you can kind of figure out why. And having that conversation instead of shunning it and shutting it right. down, then that's kind of where you can go from there. Yeah. I also feel like there's when people think of cannabis, they just automatically attach to THC when really it's like there's a whole plant. There's guys. so much. <laughs> there's it's, a whole there's plant so there. much more than that. It's yes. so beyond that that so much. like Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. It's so untapped in so many ways too that it's like people just automatically go there because of the stigmas. I know my dad is literally last night I was talking to him about like (laughs) CBD and like three times throughout the whole conversation he asked the same question to make sure that it wasn't going to get him high, to make yes. sure that it just CBD, like this isn't the uh-huh. stuff that's going to, and I'm like, are you not hearing me? You're like, no, like, I told you no, like seven times. Yeah, and yeah. you're still hooked on, you know, this, is it going to get you high, and does it have THC, like, you know, and it's kind of the older generation, like well, our and parents think, and stuff. Like, I think ugh. people forget, you know, like every medication has a side effect, right? And if right. we start looking at the high of THC, as a side effect. Yeah. That's a side effect of the medicine. You don't like how it makes you feel for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but the impacting benefits are long-term. So just like if I were to take an oxycodone, it makes my head spin for four hours. Why is somebody more okay with that versus, yeah, I might feel a little funky and kind of not how I love feeling. Yeah. But also that's where, you know, the education piece comes down. It is. Cannabis is amazing and you can tailor how you want to feel by yeah. what you smoke. And I think it's like conversations like this that we're having are the kinds of conversations that, that need you to know, happen. That need to happen. And it, it's like if you can break it down and talk through something like this with someone, yeah. it's like it just it almost just like, you know, with the snap of fingers breaks, it can break a barrier. Yeah. And, so they can just see it or understand it a little bit differently. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that's really why I kind of 
came out of the cannabis closet. Yeah, because you're like, I'm sick of this. Like, I need people to know, and well, like, that, I'm ready and, to share it. You know, I'm I'm a very busy person. I, I own my own business. I own two businesses. Um, you know, I do my your feeding friend business. I'm opening a, a new retail store for perinatal stuff that's coming very soon. I'm very excited. Um, I do my distributing stuff on the yeah. side. I do a lot of and beyond the distributing, I do a lot of graphic design and marketing cool. materials and stuff as well. Um, so I wear many hats. I'm a mom of three bio kids. I'm a foster mom myself, um, which is a whole oh, wow. other interesting wow. You're an topic. Angel. Yeah. Well, it's a whole interesting other topic about cannabis use and fostering. Yeah. In the system. Yeah. And that. Yeah. And so that's a whole other. Yeah. Like you yeah. get flagged for that. Like no, for, well, for a no, parent. DHS is, or DHS, well, I mean. Is, well, DHS knows that I use. They have a picture okay. of my yeah. cannabis card. It yeah. is a perfectly legal as long as yeah. you're using it legally. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and that's a big other question I get from pregnant moms yeah. is like, if I test positive at birth, are they going to take my baby? Yes. That's a, that's a huge question I feel like people yeah. freak out about. Every time I say, as long as you are using legally, they cannot. And I tell them, if I tell all my clients or somebody, anybody who comes to me and I know that they're using, that if for any reason DHS comes and snags that baby, you tell them to call me. I am an open foster home. I will love that baby, protect that baby, yeah. help you make sure you can do your feeding until we get it all sorted out. And I That's will advocate really cool. to the end mm -hmm. as a provider yeah. and as a cannabis specialist. Thankfully, I've never had to do that. Yeah. I've never had to. Hopefully but it, it's to. Exactly. Right. But my, the I always have to say it um, yeah. because it, it is good. a big stigma too, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's one of the other reasons I kind of came out was like, I get messages all the time about like, how do you do it? How do you do all the things? My husband's a pilot in the military. So on top of wow. all of that, he's gone like 70% of the time. Wow. We don't, we're not from here. I don't have family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my community has completely been like organic and self-grown, which is incredible. That I'm is incredible. So thankful for my family yeah. that I've made along the way. That's a Ted Lasso. If yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. Um, oh, greatest show. Yes. Um, but that's where, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting and in, in coming out about my cannabis use as a parent, like, this is how I do it, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is how, you know, I have people mm -hmm. like, who know, have known me in the deepest parts of my journey where literally at one point my legs were literally falling off, guys. Mm -hmm. I was in the hospital talking about leg amputation at the worst part of my lupus journey. Oh, wow. Wow. Like seriously couldn't walk for like three months. It was horrific. Wow. Um, and so, you know, friends who have seen me come from that. That and to where you to are this, now. Yeah. And they were all like, Incredible. what drugs are you taking? What meds are you on? What's, what is your rheumatologist doing? What's working for you? How have you gotten here? And I was so tired of like having Being like it's to none hide. of that. Yeah. 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 And so I was just like, dude, I smoke a lot of weed, <laughs> honestly. And like that has changed my life. To be That's how your true and authentic self and to oh, step so into that is so freeing. And then you're yeah. like, wow, I'm so glad that I've did that. That I've yes. done this. Yeah. Or made this decision. So mm -hmm. I yeah. love that for you. Yeah. That's so That's awesome. awesome. It's been interesting because yeah. you do get the hate associated yes. with it. Yeah, but you know, you and know. especially as a foster parent, I you know. know. But you're you're changing that. You're changing the way, and you're paving the path in a different way. So, Thanks, guys, yeah, just That's know that hope. you're doing yeah. great. So, with everything that you've done, everything that you've accomplished, still doing, have yet to do. Yeah. If you could go back and tell your younger self anything, what would you say? Don't put the pot down. <laughs> hey, that, that was, was quick. 
I love that. No. I mean, really. Yeah. But for real, I think honestly, I would have avoided a lot of a lot of dangerous and scary and sad parts of my life if I would have just smoked some weed, man. Yeah, and true. so um, I think that's what I would have told myself. That's good. Um, and you know, and I think just like one of those, I think one of our you know young selves can always hear like, "You're gonna be all right. Yeah, you're gonna make it. Yeah. Like, don't give up because mm-hmm. you know, totally. You know, and just keep going like it's gonna be worth it that's simple yes yeah, yeah. And, and to really absorb and don't that. put the pot down there that's you go. Good. I love that <laughs> so well, I know we've talked about a lot of stigmas but if you had to choose what's a stigma you would like to see change that's revolving around cannabis um I think for me the my biggest stigma would be in the medical community um I think you know that is that holds so much weight with so many people in our country and, you know, just in our world in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's other countries that are doing so much research and are advocating for it. And we're so behind on that. Yeah. And so, um, I think that would be the biggest thing would be getting to medical providers and helping them understand how it can be beneficial. I think so too. That's huge. Yeah. 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 That is huge. Well, Brittany, I think this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day just to be here with us and share your journey and your expertise. We really enjoyed you. I appreciate y'all. It's been wonderful. You were a pleasure. And for those of you wanting to keep up with her journey and have questions regarding pharmaceuticals and cannabis or pregnancy or lactation feeding, all of the above that we've talked about, you can follow her on Instagram. It's at Brittany Sandoval, R-N, and that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-A-N-D-O-V-A-L-R-N. Thank you again, Brittany. And to those of you who tuned into today's conversation, stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.